Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Wrap, brought to you by Michigan Medicine Headlines. I'm Dan Elman with the Department of Communication. And I'm Dan's fifth favorite co-host, twice removed, Jeremy Fallis. Today, we're going to discuss sustainability and the efforts taking place around Michigan Medicine to protect our planet. Now, before we get into that, be sure you sustain your knowledge of all that's happening at Michigan Medicine by checking out any episodes of The Wrap you may have missed. You can find them on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any other podcast hosting platform. New episodes debut weekly and can also be found on the Michigan Medicine YouTube channel and as part of the headlines weekend review. So with that, let's bring in Chris Victory, the sustainability coordinator and mechanical lead at Michigan Medicine. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, both Daniel and Jeremy. I really appreciate it. All right. So first, what are the top initiatives that Michigan Medicine and U of M Health are implementing toward environmental stewardship? Well, we currently have a lot of initiatives going on in the background, but to focus on a couple of them, we have a green anesthesia initiative that, that is uh, really being headlined by the anesthesia department to try to reduce the environmental effects by anesthesia gases throughout uh, our, our healthcare system. And then secondly, we have a wonderful medical plastics recycling initiative that is uh, very near to, uh, to launch here uh, within uh, on the Hill. So let's dive into that uh, medical plastics recycling initiative. It had a pilot to it. What was it start? How was you know how was it generated, and and what do you hope to achieve? Thanks, Jeremy. Um, the medical plastics started um, it, within healthcare in general. It's hard to recycle. We have we generate a lot of waste, um, but we're in patient care environment, and recycling vendors a lot of times don't want to work with us because of the ick factor of working in the health system. So what uh, we're excited, we had uh, DuPont, a vendor, reach out to us. We buy a lot of medical product, products from them and packaging, and they wanted to be part of the solution. So they approached us a couple years ago, and they asked us, hey, would you like to be one of our first in healthcare institutions to pilot a new medical plastics recycling initiative? And of course, we were uh, elated by that. And that started, uh, we focused in children's and women's in their operating rooms. And we did a, a successful pilot there. And now we're working through that and trying to expand this to a really live full-scale uh, medical plastics initiative across the institution. When you say medical plastics, can you just expand on that a little bit so that our audience really understands what we're talking about? Sure, we're, we're really focusing in on a lot of the plastics that are used in the, I would say the operating room environment primarily, however, this can this can by all means expand outside of the operating environment. So think of things like um, blue wrap, which is a sterile wrap that's used in the operating room. That's a flexible kind of cloth material. That would be considered things like a kidney basin that are you know that that is basically a bowl to all kinds of packaging, all the sterile. Uh, equipment and supplies that are that are um, funneled in and out of an operating room, they all use flexible and or rigid plastics um, as far as part of that packaging. So those are the type of things um, um, that we're talking about here. All right. So so as you mentioned earlier, you know, healthcare facilities create a lot of waste. And, and for a lot of that reason, it's for safety purposes, right? I mean, if something gets soiled, you tend to throw it out. Um, but can you talk about, you know, how hard or easy or just all the work that goes into finding sustainable materials, creating new initiatives and, you know, innovative programs 
um, and getting those programs funded and passed at an institution like Michigan Medicine? Sure, there's there's a lot that goes on there. Luckily, here at Michigan Medicine, we're uh, we're blessed to have a lot of um, you know players behind the scene. It's not just me, as you can imagine. We have we have a robust sustainability committee that includes folks from various departments like purchasing, um, communication. Um, we have OR representation that we reach out to a lot. So there's a lot of players, facilities folks as well. A lot of players involved here to to make this uh, you know sustainable engine move, if you will. Um, but it is challenging in a healthcare environment. That you know patient care and safety is is always number one. We're a highly regulated uh, you know industry here, um, so there's a it's very difficult to get sustainability initiatives um, um, going. But that being said, we're very proud of the the progress that we have here. A quick follow-up question to that. Do you think it's easier that this is an academic medical institution, that there is already a, you know, a, an effort on campus, on the main campus, to have some of these environmental stewardship initiatives and how that translates over into the medical facilities? I, I would say it, it is, uh, well, it could be it could be on both sides of the fence. It could be um, beneficial or it could work against you, but I would say most of the time it is beneficial. We have you know, younger population and younger students tend to be more sustainable minded and more open to change. And uh, they care a little bit more, I'd say a little bit more, but in general, um, their focus is uh, on climate. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff in the press these days. And I think the youth absorb that up. And so they are more willing to try things and to push the envelope a little farther which I think is wonderful. And then it also allows us the, um, all those abundant resources to tap into uh, on the campus side and being a teaching institution, we can pilot a lot of initiatives like the medical plastics initiative to, to try something where maybe other healthcare systems don't have that luxury. So, so with some of the things that happen on campus, let's look ahead to what's going on. The new comp pavilion is being built, you know, on our medical Hill. Um, and it, 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 is supposed to be made with materials with forward-thinking environmental stewardship in mind, and, and one of those key things is that it's trying to achieve, um, you know, lead certified, you know, platinum status, you know, leadership in energy and envir environmental design. Uh, that's been a core tenet of lots of new buildings that are built all around the world. Um, can you kind of go into what goes into being certified platinum, and and how is the University of Michigan and the health system achieving that? Yeah, thank you. We're, we're extremely proud of the new pavilion going up. Uh, it is one of the leaders, um, you had mentioned LEED there. Um, we're, there is a LEED certification program that uh, classifies buildings on not only how they're constructed, what materials are used during that construction, um, and, and then also how they operate, the energy that they consume, um, um, and that sort of thing. Um, what kind of access do they have to sustainable attributes like bike racks and uh, how close are they to transportation? So it's a collective holistic look at a building construction and there's a rating system um, for that. And there's a specific one for healthcare because you can't, con you have to be able to compare apples to apples. You can't con con compare a hospital building to a normal office lead certified building. So um, specific to the pavilion, there are a lot of unique attributes there that that allow us to get to the highest rating, which is the platinum rating. We have extremely energy efficient, cut state of the art um, heating and ventilation systems 
there that consume much less energy than a traditional model would. There is some embodied carbon, embodied, embodied carbon within the materials being used. So some of the concrete being used, the wall construction, some of those you know, foundational materials have, we're using certain products that, that are taking carbon out of, the, out of the air and embedding those in those products. We're also looking at uh, water conservation, energy conservation, um, the products that we use so they're safe and they don't off-gas have, have a extremely or zero low VOCs, volatile organic compounds, so that from an indoor air quality standpoint, it's cutting edge. Access to lighting, um, using natural light whenever it's available. So there, that's just the cutting edge, top of the line, some of the, the unique attributes in that pavilion, but there are many more. I love it. It seems like nothing's being overlooked in, in the building of that pavilion and, and it sounds amazing. All right, so one final question. We've talked a lot about sustainability at an organizational level, but I wanna talk a little bit more about it at a personal level too. And, and maybe there's some things that our viewers and listeners can take away. What are some ways that all of us on an individual level can take? What are some steps that we can take in our own personal lives to help protect the environment? Thank you, Daniel. Uh so first and foremost, I want to say that don't ever feel that one individual can't make a difference. There are signs out there all over the place where it just takes one person to get some momentum going and it grows like wildfire. So you can make a difference. Um, there are many websites out there. You can look at your own personal household greenhouse gas emissions. And it's pretty alarming how much you and your family are using on a daily basis and how much that affects, uh, you know, carbon emissions and greenhouse gas emissions. So, um, Phil, please uh, understand that you can make a difference. Um, some of the easy things are using your vehicle less or driving in an efficient vehicle or using public transportation. Try to... Um, Try to do that whenever that's possible. I understand that that's not possible for some individuals, but there are ways of carpooling, using van pools, using public transportation, like I'd mentioned, that you can make a difference. Um, within the full four walls of your, your own house, looking at energy efficient appliances, simple um, low cost is replacing the lighting, adding a programmable thermostat so you're not heating um, and, and cooling when you're, you're not there. Um, some of those things um, are, are, you know, many times low cost or, uh, or zero cost, unplugging things that, that are using energy when you're not there, turning down, uh, like I said, the thermostat at night when you're sleeping to save some energy, um, recycling as much as you, uh, as, as you can, not, um, not, you know, paying attention to what you purchase, what's coming and going from your house, your, your household, um, not only purchasing energy, but also keeping in mind of what, are, what where is this device or this widget going to end up at the end of its life? Can it be recycled? Um, what is it made out of? Um, those type of things, uh, I think, could go a long way. Thank, thank you for sharing all that, uh, Chris. Those are wonderful recommendations. It just seems like the, the possibilities are endless for how we can conserve and, and kind of save certain things. And 
uh, we will be running another story along with a whole bunch of other stories, um, you know, throughout the week on headlines uh, that will go over many facts and tips and things that people can do at the workplace and at home. And uh, if you want to learn anything else about those sustainability efforts, you know, cruise on over to headlines, uh, you know, check out a number of our Earth Week stories. Um, that's at mmheadlines.org. All right, Chris. Now your work here is not finished yet. It's time for the lightning round when we ask our guest four quick fire questions. You ready to go? I'm ready. Shoot them. All right. Since we've been talking about Earth all episode, name your favorite natural destination or landmark that you've ever traveled to. Uh, it's going to be prototypical here. I think it's probably on everybody's list, but the, the Grand Canyon. Uh, when I visited the, the, the Grand Canyon, it was eye-opening, um, spiritual in some, some degree. I'd been there three times. It's just amazing. Uh, and it really puts the, the Earth's perspective and the sustainability of why it's so important to, to do the work that all of us are doing to, uh, to, to help reduce our greenhouse gas emissions. It's beautiful places like that that really uh, kind of hit home for me. Absolutely. All right. Now, last week, we asked our guests this question. April 28th is National Superhero Day. So what's one superpower you would want to have, or what would your superhero name be? Oh, oh, oh. oh boy. Uh, I would say that's a tough one. Um, all superpower. I like the, uh, you know, going back to the the Marvel days, I like the invisible guy that could, uh, you know, run around and he was invisible and then just show up randomly. I always thought that that was really neat. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with the invisible guy <laughs> or or gal could be an invisible <laughs> purchase person there. Yes. Um, so, and with the last name Victory, you could be Captain Victory. You Ooh, have I so like many that. great options. <laughs> I like that. Absolutely. I, I Captain America, Captain Victory, right? That's got a nice little ring to it. I like it. Okay, so this week, Headlines asked employees to submit artwork uh, for their annual Headlines Virtual Art Fair. Do you have any artistic ability? And if so, what is it? If you if you count uh, drawing stick people, then yes, I have artistic ability. <laughs> Otherwise, no. Um, I not, have you're not math. an architect. You're not an architect. I'm not an architect. <laughs> I have uh, a math and science background um, and not an art background <laughs> by any means. Um, luckily, my kids can can help on that front. Well, I look forward to your stick figure drawings going into the virtual art fair next week. <laughs> um all right so you talked about your background and you uh you know when we introduced you you said we said you're a mechanical lead and sustainability coordinator have you always wanted to go into mechanics and science like that and if not what was your dream job as a kid so i i would no, i haven't always uh, to be honest I, I didn't know what i wanted to do growing up i just knew i had I was good at math and science and i i, I chose that route um I really still don't know what I want to do today. <laughs> <laughs> when you grow up, you have no idea what you want to be. <laughs> no, no. Um, I do love how the engineering side of my background meets up with the sustainability side of the background. I think that's a wonderful fit. Sustainability, a lot of that is energy conservation. So the engineering background um, uh, really plays well with that. And so I think it's a good blend. Um, I'm really happy that I have those two sides of the fence and that background, um, you know, to, to be able to do what I do on a daily basis. 
Thanks, Chris, for being such a good sport with us today. Once again, if you want to learn all about the work taking place at Michigan Medicine to protect the planet, go to mmheadlines.org. That's mmheadlines.org. Now, while you're there, you could check out other featured stories from this week. It included a closer look at Patient Experience Week, which is currently ongoing, and there was insight into a new mobile monitoring program that is enhancing care across U of M Health. Find all that and much, much more at mmheadlines.org. Alrighty, Dan, we asked Chris his favorite place on this planet of ours. How, what do you say? What's your favorite natural landmark or destination? Yeah, so I'm going to be boring and echo Chris and say the Grand Canyon. I think it's amazing. I remember um, I went there on my honeymoon and I just remember looking out and it just, it felt like I was looking at a painting. Like it didn't actually feel real, even though it was right in front of you. Um, it's just sort of, it's awe-inspiring. Um, so I would say for sure um, that, I, I mean, to me, anywhere in Arizona, because then we went to Sedona and that was amazing too, all the red rocks around there um, and things like that. There are so many amazing national parks out there. Um, and, you know, it's sort of my goal to, to hit as many as we can, um, you know, as we go ac across the country. So, but I would definitely say the Grand Canyon. What about you? I, I'm not going to say the Grand Canyon. Uh, not that it's not great. <laughs> no, yeah, you don't like it. You're like, yeah, that's overrated. <laughs> um, I, I have two in mind. I hope it's okay that I go with two, but um, I'll allow it. You know, just like Sarah Palin was able to see Russia from her house growing up, I was able to see Mount Rainier every day when I grew up as a kid. So that was pretty awesome to look outside my window and see the largest mountain. Uh, in the Cascade Range um, out in Washington. That was very cool. And then second, I would say the Great Barrier Reef. Um, you know, I got to visit that when I was a teenager and um, there's nothing like it. I mean, it's you, you get out on this boat out in the middle of the of the sea and you just see, you know, beautiful, you know, coral and plants and fish forever. It's mm -hmm. uh, it's pretty unbelievable to, to even see uh, and it's hard to describe. And I would love to go back one day. Yeah, that sounds fascinating. And that's one that not too many people, I feel like, have. The, I mean, it's what? It's half a world away, right? It's on the other side of the planet. Um, so you're you're lucky that you've been able to, to see it once, and hopefully you get to see it again. So that's an awesome answer. All right, it's time for the weekly trivia mm -hmm. contest. This week's question is, what is the theme of Patient Experience Week here at Michigan Medicine? Once again, what is the theme of this week's Patient Experience Week celebration at Michigan Medicine? You can find the answer at headlines, and once you know it, send it to headlines at med.umich.edu for the chance to win a prize. And that is all the time we have for this week. Chris, thanks again for joining us, and thanks as always to our listeners and viewers for everything that you do for our patients, families, and each other. We'll see you next week. Thanks for having me. <laughs>